Hello, I'm Joseph Malazzi, creator of Dark Matter, and you are listening to Neil Before Pod. Neil Before Blog presents Neil Before Pod. Hello, and welcome to another magical edition of Neil Before Pod. I'm your host, Craig McKenzie, and here at Neil Before Pod, we love a Marvel movie and have to talk about them. So I'm coming to you from my Sanctum Sanctorum to discuss Marvel's latest effort, Doctor Strange. What influences the film? What food does the film most remind us of? It all comes out in our discussion. Keep listening to hear many times the word strange was said. See if you can guess before it's revealed. With me I have Natalie. Hello. Angus. Hello. And Aaron. Howdy hi. How is everybody doing? Uh, PT. Bueno. Bueno. I say bueno. Ah, my bueno. Wow. Okay. Kinder bueno. Yeah, some advertising for listeners. <laughs> Other chocolate eggs are available. Website. This podcast Honestly. is not sponsored by Kinder Bueno. Uh, I was thinking that you could look for um, you could look for sponsors for the website. Yes. In fact, this is a call out for sponsors to the website. <laughs> Especially Shame. Kinder Bueno, free chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not just for free stuff, but you know, for sponsorship. That too. Yeah. Yeah. Right, um, I think we should get on topic and start with what everyone's initial thoughts were. Aaron, do you want to kick us off? I spoiler liked free. it. Spoiler free. There you go, that was spoiler free. I liked it. Um, cool. <laughs> what, do you know what? what the way you said that you liked it makes me feel like you feel the same maybe a little bit about how I felt about it. Tell me how that is and then I'll see if I agree or not. Um, well, I left the theatre thinking I really, really enjoyed it and really liked it. And then somebody asked me about it. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, but I didn't really like that bit. And then I didn't really like that. And then tonight <laughs> I'm like, did I like it? <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. But I think, but I think I did because I left really like having enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I, right. So I'm going to agree with that. I did, I did really enjoy it when I was in there. I think there were parts of it that if I then had to analyze after the fact, as probably we're going to do here, I might say, yeah, that bit was weaker than maybe I thought after first viewing. But still oh. overall, I did like it. I think it is one of the better of the collection. It's not without its problems, but I did like it. So Angus, you're last with your uh, profound initial thoughts. I am going to be really controversial here and <laughs> agree with everyone else. No. <laughs> Get your own ideas. Well, sorry. Don't no, follow I, the pack, man. That's so hipster. No I, no. <laughs> no, I felt the same way. I did really enjoy it. I, I went in kind of anticipating um, uh, sort of run-of-the-mill, you know, Marvel getting quite used to the, the um, formula, but left surprised tropes. and you know throwing the word tropes in there tropes yeah <laughs> but you know i was i was pleasantly surprised by the end of it but then yes as everyone else has said a bit of more reflection on it has made me question a few things about it and kind of realize that yes it is, there are elements of the formula in there yes i went in with no expectation or no idea of anything at all tell you what it's the easiest film i've ever tried to avoid um, there was almost no buzz about it, no marketing. You know, the trailers wasn't 
being obnoxiously played everywhere. There wasn't 15 trailers. It was just, it was allowed to kind of come and go. But this is one of the side characters, like Guardians was. It's not necessarily supposed to have been the main set. It was a, let's test this and see if it works. Was it one of them? Yeah, though the marketing for Guardians was pretty obnoxious as well. Uh, I see. It was just advertising. You know, that's what advertising does. Yeah, but this was advertised less than other films. Yeah, but I didn't do anything about it. Yeah, usually I have to work to avoid something, but this I didn't. Hmm. I saw a couple of trailers, and I thought it was just going to be a kind of effects fest, and that was all I was going into expecting, thinking, uh, uh, you know, Inception, but Marvel. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which you sort of got. Yeah. That's kind of of true. So shall we um, cast our spoiler spell then? Um, anybody? Ooh, who's... What does what does that sound like? I haven't decided yet. <laughs> Taking a multicolored trip through the spoiler dimension is what it's. Like. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, if you're going to run that theme throughout the whole podcast, I think you might need a bit more power in some of your puns and spells, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I don't have to make incantations. But okay, so. Now we're in spoiler territory. So we should start with the title character, uh, Doctor Strange, played by Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, is he a good character? Is that actually his name? Yes, his name is Doctor Stephen Strange. Oh, yeah, that's right. How odd. <laughs> or Strange. <laughs> Imagine that was your doctor, Doctor Strange. Yeah, well, I've seen doctors' names that are like Savage and things like that. So, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I don't like our Doctor Death. Doctor Pain's always good one. <laughs> doctor Pain, you actually right. had a Doctor Pain. Interesting. So people have silly names, yeah, especially in nineteen sixties comic books and in real life. Yes. Well, the, the Marvel thing, I suppose, the comic book thing is to give you an indication of what the person's going to be like in their name, isn't it? Normally, and. I don't know if he actually came across as strange in that in that very Halloween sort of way that you might have expected from from the from the name. So I wonder if they did they change that on purpose in in the comics? Is he just wacky and out there in the very sixties or fifties or forties got away or whatever it was? It's been a long time since I read the the origin on, uh, in comic book form, um, but as I understand it or as I remember it, he was pretty well portrayed, as in he was arrogant and very skilled at what he does. Um, yeah, but being arrogant isn't strange. <laughs> no, no, that's quite down to earth as a human failing, yeah. Yeah. But that was the idea. He's, he's supposed to learn humility, you know, like like Tony Stark did, or like Thor had to. And, and I so- was wondering when the first Tony Stark reference was going to be made, given what the internet is saying here, actually, and mm-hmm. you didn't bring it in the context I thought you were going to there. <laughs> yeah, what? well, what? I mean, the, the internet is, is running a massive comparison between the bearded guy who's a bit arrogant and gets powers and the bearded guy who's a bit arrogant and gets powers. I love Tony that Stark. he gets a beard. I love that he just shaves that and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> of all the pictures of what your facial hair could look like. 
And it looks like he's got quite a lot to work with. Hmm. I, I don't know, I was a bit surprised at what he went for. It's not as weird as... And he did it himself! Tony Stark's beard. <laughs> Tony Stark has a stranger beard than Doctor Strange. Maybe. Yeah, Stark's beard is almost sculpted. Mm. I mean, it was it was so unique that uh, street artists were selling uh, those kind of shaves in the, the at the end of the Avengers. What? Yeah, you could you know you could go to a street vendor and get your beard shaved like Tony Stark because everybody liked the Avengers. That is honestly hilarious. I didn't see anyone like, like that outside Fountain Park. <laughs> No, I it, think, was, I it was in universe. Wait, that's not real life. That's just in the movie. Yeah. Oh, boring. <laughs> I thought you were talking about like this is what you'd seen and come across, and I was like, that is mental. I'm sure it's happened in real life somewhere. Well, I hope so now that you've mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. You go into a, a, a Turkish barber and ask for a Tony Stark? I don't know. Mm. Oh, that sounds wrong. <laughs> it, it does sound very wrong. I don't know what it gives you, but it just sounds wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, other than his beard, uh, is he a good character? Anyone? Mm, he's obviously a dick because he looked at his phone while driving. Mm. <laughs> don't do it at home, kids. Marvel's PSA this, on texting while driving. Honestly. If this was in like if this was a film in Bollywood, they would totally have had like a warning at the bottom of the screen the entire time to say do not do this. Agree. Yeah, and I thought Britain was supposed to be the PC capital of the universe. Mm. Well, at the end of the film, they encourage you to drive safely. Yeah, I remember the end of the credits, which is a reference to the warnings coming after the the disaster as well. Well, it's just. Obviously, outrageous that he does that. <laughs> well, they capture the characters they needed to do, don't they? They said they need this guy who's stu- super intelligent, who is uh, a total ass in terms of yeah, ego arrogance, um, but is actually very capable. They've, they've, they've sort of said that we need effectively to play a, a nice version of House on TV, and, and he does it, and he does it very well. Mm. Is there anything in the movie, like at the start, before bad things happen to him? Is there anything at the start that indicates how intelligent he's supposed to be or that his memory is, like, photographic? Because I remember being like... They have a long conversation about um, how he's the best in his field. Yeah, but... He's brought in to do, like, these really Mm -hmm. tricky operations and there's a sense that he kind of loves the glory as well. Well, he opens with that operation mm-hmm. bit where some guy says, this man is dead. And then yeah. he says, he's not dead. I've discovered this tiny, tiny bit of evidence that says, you're an idiot and I'm amazing. <laughs> so they, mm-hmm. they try to say he's the best in his field and he's the best in everybody else's field around him. Yeah, yeah. yeah he operates yeah, on that guy, even though he doesn't necessarily um, oh, yeah, lower himself to do organs. that. Yeah, and then like later on he things. says, I'm not pulling bullets out of people. I want to make a difference. But the difference is to his own notoriety, I guess, rather than any actual um, altruistic difference to the world. But I suppose he gets to do both in in that sense when he comes up with these life-saving procedures. Mm. Mm -hmm. But you do see him turn down operations because it's not, uh, you know, it's not high profile enough for him. Yeah, they're not sexy enough. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It was good. I didn't 
feel like they spent a lot of time on the on the him as a character at the start, which I thought was quite good. They went, kind of went straight into. Yeah, it was almost like they needed to tick that box pretty quickly. You know, we need to show that arrogant and and uh, reckless and self obsessed and and all that stuff. Yeah. And because it's a bit of a stark retread, they just thought, well, everyone knows what an arrogant genius is supposed to look like. So here's, well, a, here's a sprinkling of that, and now on with the rest of the show. Yeah. And his, well, uh, and his yeah. rotating watch drawer. Yes, his watch drawer. Oh, my God. <laughs> what was that? Drawer, what though. was that? When's that going to come back that? in the story? Doesn't at all. Oh. <laughs> I am. Um, now that I've said that quite like that they didn't spend a long time on that, I'm now thinking, is that true? Because... Maybe I would have wanted them to have spent a bit more time on it. I don't know. I don't know what I wanted from that movie. <laughs> but what, I'm not sure that there was much else to really say about him that needed to be said. Other than he well, is that way and that he's got way, a relationship with a woman. Mm-hmm. What else would we have needed to know, actually? Maybe it's just the way that... Because a lot of things are just implied, whereas we don't actually see him be an absolute dick. You know, it's just implied. So yeah, a lot of people tell him that. that he's yeah that he's not the easiest guy to get along with. Yeah, yeah. But if you are successfully given that feeling as an audience member in what they did, then arguably I, they have done well, enough, and any more would have been too much. Like, I was a bit like, why, why, why is this? What, what, what? I don't know. Plus, you see a lot I of. His... I don't feel like it made me think he's a dick. I just thought. Oh, it felt like they'd cut a corner maybe somewhere. And well, I think uh, you don't have to see so much of it before the accident, but then his reaction mm, to mm. to what's happened to him kind of tells you about him as well because he doesn't, um, you know, his approach to his rehab and stuff, he kind of lashes out and blames other people. So you can tell a bit about him there as well. You don't have to see so much of the his arrogance in his career before. I suppose that's true. Yeah, he doesn't take no for an answer after the accident. He just he grows a lot of facial hair and, and keeps trying. What did he you remains think a smart ass throughout the whole film, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, he's always he's always wisecracking everybody and and initially saying how magic is not true until they blatantly prove it with him. Yeah, yeah, he has the kind of standard arc. I mean, you know where it's going from the the very start of the film through to the end, and you sort of know that you'll have to find find some kind of higher calling within himself, um, which. It does make it kind of predictable, but I think Cumberbatch managed to sell it and make it watchable, because in I guess with lesser actors involved, it might have just been, oh, here's that scene, and here's the bit where he realises this, and here's when he does this, and then and now it's over. What did you think of his accent? I, th- I was really distracted by it. Were you? Yeah. Why? I just, I, there was something about it that just never quite grabbed me. I'm just... Yeah. What is he trying to do? Why? Why is he talking like that? that that's why I, I get know, but I quite liked it. I thought it made him a bit more accessible, as opposed to his British accent. You mean? As a... I well, I maybe one of those rare types. I'm not a huge fan of his, like, or a fan at all. Hmm. I think that, I don't know. I think he, I think his voice works very well. In like things that are set a hundred years ago, and I really struggle to, in seeing him in sort of contemporary things. Well, like even Sherlock. Even Sherlock, I I think I watched like one and a bit seasons of it, but I still I don't know. It's 
And he looks just really a bit arsy. <laughs> Although that fits the character yeah. he's been asked I, to play. I meant in like real life. Sorry if he was ever to listen to this. <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> um, yes, we're sorry, Mr. Cumberbatch. Right. I did find I did find and it's probably why he has that accent. I think that it appeals to a larger audience that accent and I do think it's more accessible because I think with, I think with like a proper British accent um, people have so many preconceived ideas of what that accent means that I don't think that the yeah. character would have been able to have been taken uh, the way it's supposed to with it. Yeah, he would have been he would have been quite ridiculous as a British magician swanning around New York it would have been odd. The, the association with things like Downton Abbey and so on would have been too strong it wouldn't have no it wouldn't have worked. Although you're yeah. forgetting the Cumberbatch factor. You know, he has a really massive fan base who all know what he sounds like and have watched Sherlock a million times and unless well, he Yeah, and maybe if he talked in a more neutral accent without trying to actually do one it might have been a little less distracting, but it was just throughout. I was, just, I just kept wondering what he was trying to do. I think that's very personal, though, because I had no trouble with his accent at all. I, I honestly, I didn't even notice. If somebody'd have said to me afterwards, "Oh, what, you know, what did you think he was doing an American accent there?" I, I would have actually taken done a double take because I didn't even notice that he was pulling mm-hmm. off an accent. I mean, I know you said that you after the film, Craig, you thought it was, it was a bit. Did you say something like it was a bit all over the place? But yeah. honestly, I, I, I felt it was one accent all the way through. I honestly didn't notice that he was doing it. Well, it I stuck mean, out of me the second time. Started, when it started, I didn't know that he was going to be having an American accent. So when it started and then he started talking, I was like, what the fuck is that? And I was like, what is he doing? But then it doesn't matter because it's not, it's not the focus of the movie. But I just wondered what you guys thought regarding him having had one that wasn't his normal one. I thought it was a little bit strange to begin <laughs> with. <laughs> but it didn't it didn't bother me much once I'd once I'd kind of settled into it and gotten used to it. That's the name of the movie. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's gonna be a so lot yeah. of that, isn't there? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I liked the character and, and I sort of liked the, the journey he went on and, and the way he sort of applies himself to the whole magic thing. I mean he doubts it at first, but he comes around to it pretty quickly. Yeah, I really. Which like he has to, because you've only got two hours. And, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of kind of training scenes, as you might expect. Yeah, I really liked his interactions with Wong. Yeah. And they were then, cute. I mean, it wasn't quite the it wasn't quite the traditional hero's journey as such, because there's still the the implication at the end that he doesn't quite know what he stands for, other than just being kind of put in a, a situation. Yeah, like it's not a spiritual journey that he goes on. He goes yeah. on purely an academic journey to learn what he needs to learn. Did it end again? He's in charge of New York. Basically, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. He's in he's... charge of the other ones. No one. No, there's other people that are there. the The Hong Kong one is still manned by someone else. Okay. Presumably, the person that was it was manned by before it was not blown up. How um how oh you just made me how. Uh... Gruesome is it that it's like a 12E and then the first five minutes there's like a beheading scene. I had not thought of that actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was quite yeah. full on. 
because even though it's like a shadow, kids aren't dumb. Like, <laughs> figured out. But I, I guess that's where the A comes in. Well, even then, though, like you're still saying like that. That's like okay. I don't know. I, I think that the films definitely take liberties with how much they show or imply, and I thought that that was a bit. Maybe we're just a a bit more used to it because of all the news and stuff. Mm. I found it quite harrowing. I think What's, it's a bit weird to see it, given that. It didn't have any relevance. Like, there was absolutely no need for them to kill uh-huh. that guy in that fashion. No. They, yeah, they could have just turned up, I've got a sword, I run you through, that's it. So it was <laughs> over the top and unnecessarily ritualistic. I think um, yeah, I just thought it was really brutal. And I, I can't remember some the... of the injury detail was quite brutal. You know, the, the shots of his hands before he, before he was Yeah, and he's got all and... the like, pins and stuff in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, operation stuff makes my skin as, crawl anyway, but ugh. not quite the same as having somebody get their head chopped off. But you know, well, plus the, the, the whole hands thing has a purpose because they need yep. to emphasize the fact that he can't use his hands anymore. But there was yeah. no need for that guy to be beheaded. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, that was like the opening, so I remember being a bit like shocked about that. <laughs> that's not because you know if you see that in a different movie, but you know that's part of the movie. It's still shocking, but it's in a different context. And I just thought, what is this doing in a Marvel movie? Well, it's officially your opening gambit, isn't it? You've got to get Uh your audience attentions. How are we going to do it? And I'm possibly slightly surprised they didn't use the space folding. I don't know how to refer to it, actually, from the mirror universe to to, to get your attention with that. They used uh, used shadow trick instead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Although that whole fight did take place in the mirror dimension. Another dimension, another dimension, another dimension. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, where are we right now? Are we talking about the story? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I suppose the, the character development and the story kind of go hand in hand, don't they? Because Great. it's, you know, Doctor Strange is our window into this magical world that's existed for forever. Um, but obviously we learn about it as he does, which is kind of a lot of, um, it's a lot of exposition from various people explaining how things work. At least they do it where they're giving you information as you go. Cause the one thing I don't think anybody likes to see anymore is a montage where they just play some music and, and, and you watch him train. I think, thank God, most people have given up on that in writing now. I love montages. No, you don't. Every time, no, you I don't. Every time I see one, I always think, even Rocky had a montage. Every time. Every time. And it's great. I love thinking about that song. Well, it would have been a three minutes played to music of him just waving his hands while lights appear. Yeah. Yeah. I would have loved that. All these like sort of like hand exercises or something that he's doing with like little rubber bands on his fingers, stretching, <laughs> little um, tiny weights for for the fingers, I don't know. <laughs> I really liked um, some of the the lessons though, like when the ancient one leaves him in um, at the top of Mount Everest to encourage mm-hmm. him to find his way back. Well, it's a bit yeah, but uh, so it's, it's word. That's <laughs> um, it's very kind of trial under, I suppose, extreme cold. I was just listening to Kevin Smith describe how. He saw it in 4D, and in the cinema there was snow at that point. <laughs> what? He was at a cinema, and 
LA somewhere that has, you know, 4D, so it has the kind of elemental sort of stuff as well. And at that <laughs> point, when when Doctor Strange gets stranded up on the mountain, it the, it began snowing in the cinema. Aww, that's actually cute. <laughs> so they've even thought of that kind of additional. Mm. I think they thought a lot about all of that because apparently, what was it like an hour? and a half or an hour of the Crusade or something was shot specifically for IMAX. So I'm quite sad that I didn't actually see it in IMAX because when you're, when you're watching it and he's going through all the like worlds and all that crazy stuff, it looks it looks beautiful. Yeah, yeah I quite like it was all very that impressive. Kind of stuff, mm. 2001 sort of uh, colour madness. I haven't seen 2001. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you only need to watch 2001 if you have an, uh, a need to become a director i think if you're if you're interested in 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 story and plot then then don't bother <laughs> can i just watch ha- it anyway yeah. you can watch it but you have to sit Free down country, and be there for yeah. long run like the what is it 10 minutes of just spaceship maneuvers in yeah. silence i mean that's yeah music's good though i'll give it a go but it's not the film we're here to talk about. How long about. is it? Ages. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as well. Well, maybe one day. Okay. But, yeah, I really like the way that um, I keep wanting to call him Cumberbatch. <laughs> they wants to the way that he sort of learns as he goes, and um, how he he has this thirst for knowledge that once he gets the basics down, um, he kind of moves ahead of who's teaching him because he needs to know more and wants to learn everything that he can as quickly as possible. Which happily proves that he's a good student. He is capable of applying the skills he's that he's got. He's not a good student. He's not a good student at all. No, I think he was a good student. He's not a good student. It showed that he was so hungry to learn and hungry for that knowledge. he disobeyed that, all of the rules. Yeah, exactly. He was just willing That's to That's not of, a good student. Okay, let's yeah. take the morality he out of this. No, he's not he a good no student. Respect. He's, he's no very respect. good at studying. How about that? <laughs> He's very good at studying, and by yeah. studying, I mean looking at pages because he's got a photographic memory that he doesn't actually need to study. He just has to look at something. Yeah, although there, it's certainly mentioned that magic is a bit. There's a bit more to it than that. Yeah, but for him, that's how he gets information. Yeah, yeah. The the sort it's of not... spells or or programs, yeah. interestingly, as they're called. Um, they, yeah, they a take a bit more work than just knowing the, the hand movements, I suppose. Yeah. But he's a bad student. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, that one person. <laughs> <laughs> well, they make, as, as Craig said at the start, they make sure that it is for him a journey for his own means. He has no interest in the spiritual side of it at all. Even when he knows that he wants the power and they say to him, you'll have to go on this journey, there's still some part of him that says, yeah, I'll just pay attention to the bits that I want to. And then it doesn't actually turn out bad for him when he does that. It isn't like you need to have the right heart to be able to wield this power. You know, he actually can just learn how to do it. Brilliant. Don't He was going to get tempted by the dark side. Well, that's the bit that comes at the end, but you're not yeah. necessarily tempted all the way through yeah. in terms of it being a total morality piece. Yeah, it's quite late on before he decides, oh, maybe I will actually use this the way they want me to rather than for my own means. Yeah, and he approaches it from a very kind of scientific point of view, which makes sense with him being a surgeon. 
you know, it's all about uh, it's all about going through the motions and and getting the skills down rather than get getting in touch with the spiritual side of it. And by the end of the film, he's not he's not a master sorcerer, as I said, you know. And in the comics, he's known as the Sorcerer Supreme eventually, which isn't a pudding. It's definitely not an ice cream dish. Exactly. What? <laughs> what does that well, mean? You go you go into you go into somewhere and order a Sorcerer Supreme. I have what? never done that. I'm going to do no, well, that. No, there's, well, Supreme tends to be at the end of ice cream dishes uh, that I've noticed. Uh, Craig, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I liked your spell stuff better. Go back to your spell stuff. <laughs> I'm just saying that he's not the Sorcerer Supreme at the end. Right. And that's are you are you hungry? Because I was and it's really funny. <laughs> different material is that I was literally I was literally thinking if we had anything for dessert, and then you start talking about ice cream, and yeah. I'm really sad because there's no ice cream in the freezer. Oh, I'm Just, sure Doctor Strange has plenty of ice cream. That's supremely disappointing. <laughs> but anyway, I think yeah. I think there'll be All an. All I can arc- think of is like a chicken supreme. Chicken supreme. <laughs> How do you roll it? Chicken Supreme. <laughs> yeah. Just That's your, the only food. It's the sorcerer fricassee. <laughs> <laughs> the only food I can think of. Chocolate Supreme. Yeah, there's all sorts of things. Yeah. But, uh, so, I think in... I was thinking with films, that... So I was actually, actually, just, be, just before you go on, I was thinking, does that make him different to other origin stories? Because... Are all the other origin stories taking them, the characters, to where they ultimately end up in the comics in terms of power level, right in their first film? Whereas this one, they take him part of the way and say, that's actually enough. We don't need to make him as strong as he was in the comics. We'll do that later. Yes. I mean, there's usually at the end of the first film, there's the the idea that, um, that they've got enough to kind of go on for now. And then they get kind of tested in different ways in sequels. And I think that maybe in a Doctor Strange sequel, he'll be tested to embrace the more spiritual side of of what he knows. When is he due to show up next? Probably Infinity War, I would think. And do you think he'll still be... Maybe Thor 3. Will he still be struggling at that point with with the decision about what to do? Who can say it probably exists in another dimension or timeline. At some point, he'll have to sort of assume his... Supremeness. His ultimate but being. But when will that? I wouldn't be surprised if the sequel's called Doctor Strange Sorcerer Supreme. Chicken Supreme. Chicken Supreme. Mm-hmm. And there'll be tie ins with restaurants and everything. It'll be great. Mm. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, yeah. Whenever that sequel will be, who knows? But yeah, they, I, I do like that he's not quite there yet. He's got enough to go on. Uh, well, also because it was already like, it's not like a super long movie, but it was already long enough to to just stop and go, right, let's just not jam anything else into this. Yeah. We'll wait. Yeah. And I think in, from a story point of view, it has a lot of the kind of origin story trappings where you've got this kind of long period of time where they're, he's just doing stuff that isn't, you know, that it isn't what you, well, isn't certainly what I want from the, the character because... I think the least interesting story about a superhero is his origin story, or her origin story. Why? I'd rather, because I'd rather see what comes after. Because I find that I love the origin stories. And that's why they keep making them. <laughs> I think it's great to see how people have like become the character. I think right. it's 
No, I really like it. I really like seeing how people or characters change and like first reactions. Like I always think of like the first Spider Man where oh, no. he gets all <laughs> Well this is a can of worms. <laughs> 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 anyway, I always think of that. Or like Superman finding out why he's oh, no. so super. You know, something <laughs> like that. I really, I really like them. I really yeah, like I mean, them. Doctor Strange is slightly different because he's never really been done before, apart from yeah. in a weird seventies film that no one should ever watch. Ooh, uh, what's that? Yeah, it's terrible, truly terrible. Um, I really want to watch it. Yeah, well, feel free to look it up. Why is it terrible? Why did you not like it? Because it's, you'd have to see it. It's very bad. Oh, okay, it sounds great. <laughs> yeah, with, with him it's fine in the sense because you've got, um, you've never really seen it before, even though you have seen it before because it's all the same beats as every other origin story. But with other people, you know, how many times do you need to see Uncle Ben killed or, or the Wayne? I'm not talking shot? about them keeping, <laughs> like, making the same origin story for the same person. I'm talking about just origin stories for the different characters. I quite like that. I'm not saying I want to see Uncle Ben die again because I don't honestly think I could handle it. <laughs> At least this one does add an extra dimension to a shared universe that we all think we know yeah. so far. Uh, so I suppose that's kind of interesting, but it doesn't really, I don't think it references Avengers or many of the other stories beforehand, does, does it? Does it need to? Well, no, no but it's, it's no, very standalone. Yeah, yeah sometimes they kind of touch on what's gone before and mention things that have, you know, events that have happened as, as if it's just sort of passing. Uh, well, you were talking about how when he's driving the car before the accident and that person phones him and says, oh, we've got this for you, we've got this for you. And Gus was trying to guess what all the characters were. Yeah, oh, I don't think yeah. there's anything in there. There is. There's, there there's, there's Rhodey, they, me- they mention... Um, See, I thought it was Rhodey, but then when I looked online and somebody was describing the time frame involved, I think yeah, it can't be Rhodey because it was supposed to have occurred a lot further in the past. So right. the suggestion I liked was it was the guy from is it Iron Man 1 or is it 2? The Hammer Industries guy who's yeah, in the suit. Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2 and the, the top half of the suit snaps round. Right. And the guy is clearly facing backwards to where his legs are. I think I think that's the the reference it must be, just because of that time frame. Right. Although there's I, there's a lot to contest that as well, because apparently before that scene you see one of his awards, and it says 2016 on it. Does it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, yeah like I got October to look on the second viewing, but it yeah it did say 2016. It does. Which, it does. Which means well, in that, that case, it's, it's, could be the, in that case it could be Rody. Yeah. Yeah. Which I means that um, was... his learning curve is about two weeks or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I just thought it was so, you know, I would give them credit if they were going to reference something, you know, that many movies ago. But it just seems, you know, as if the way that a lot of these things work in these movies, at least, if it happened in the last two or three, then it's probably fair game to have a little nod or a wink in the next. Yeah, but if you guys one. if you guys are going to say, oh, that happened too far in the past, I'm going to be like, no, because what's going to happen is the next movie is going to show us that the past is also the present and the future. <laughs> so well, it doesn't the three, matter. Um, the three references are picked out from the, not including the post credit stuff, the Avengers Towers and the New York skyline, which, fair enough, it's just, yeah, you just put it in. Uh, they talk about the Avengers... Uh, defending the physical world and 
the Eye of Agamotto is an Infinity Stone. So those are the three major references that tie it into the, the universe. But other than that, um, it's its own film. I didn't get any of those, and I didn't get any of the ones in the car either. I just thought when they were on, like when the person was saying them, I was like, I bet those are like in jokes with the people who've got all the knowledge, and I don't have that. Well, I don't think there's been anyone who's got a, some kind of implant in their brain who's been struck by lightning in any of the films so far. I don't mm. even remember what the other one was. Maybe it was just a... Maybe it was just that a, a false a Easter egg. Yeah, maybe it was false Easter eggs. They they wrote that into the script thinking, ha, people are going to like rack their brains over these and it's not. But it's really specific. <laughs> like, it's really specific. Well, that's why. They want to send people on weird Wikipedia rabbit holes. <laughs> I bet it is a person. You know, be a person from like a one-off comic or something. Or It could be someone that's not been introduced yet. Yeah. That's possible. Mm. Yeah. Past you know, this present. But yeah, the um I, I like that it was completely standalone, you know, you could watch it in almost in total isolation and it would still make complete sense. Why do you say almost in total isolation? Well, I mean it's still clear that it's a Marvel film, you know, the the very kind of pretentious opening logo tells you that. <laughs> yeah, but I still think I don't even think it's almost I think you could just watch it on its own. Yeah. It yeah. it reminded me of some of the phase one um, origin story films where they were kind of standalone things that didn't rely on building a world that um, that's contained within all these different films and I do quite like that I, mean, I also quite like the crossover stuff but that'll come later. So did you think that the story worked then as a whole? Yeah, yeah on the whole I think it was mm. it worked, it didn't, it didn't need in-depth knowledge of other films to make it mm-hmm. work. That's true Mm-hmm which is quite refreshing, especially this late in the game. But I almost yeah. feel like they redesigned the logo to remind people that it was a Marvel film, because otherwise you might have been forgiven for thinking it wasn't. Yeah, they've changed it. Well, it is, I think it, I think there's something about it that feels different enough, even though obviously there are a lot of you know the usual hallmarks. I feel as if it feels as if it takes place in a slightly different world than the rest of them, because hmm. you, you already feel as if you've got a certain idea what superpowers in this universe are and then there's this entire different kind of foldy building-y mm-hmm. uh, portals to other dimensions sort mm-hmm. of abilities the likes of which have only been seen in inception <laughs> i think that's the sort of thing that gives me pause actually to wonder how on earth they're going to bring all these characters together because sometimes the power level is so high You've got to be thinking, when it comes to Thanos turning up at some point and threatening to destroy the galaxy or universe, don't they just say to Stephen Strange, go and put him in the mirror universe, will you? And then it's done. It's over. You know. So how, how do these things all come together? Well, he'll, um, he'll have the, the, the big purple guy that's threatening them all. The, the darkness. He was in Guardians as, as a... That's one of the, 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 the villains that were in the background. Yeah. He, can, he turns to the camera and smiles at the end of the Avengers post credit scene. The darkness? No, Thanos. Oh. Okay. I, I'm going to yeah. have to Google him. Although the thing about it is, um, since he's on a quest to find all the Infinity Stones, one of them will be the Eye of Agamotto, which presumably will counter any magic that Strange can throw at him. Oh, he's wearing around his neck. Yes. 
Yeah, okay. I was trying to whisper that to Goss, thinking that you wouldn't hear me ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll have to he'll have to defeat um, Stephen Strange somehow in order to steal that stone to then use him use it against him, I suppose. Yeah, and then I'll have to carry on with the rest of them. But I think that'll be. I don't know, there's part of me that thinks even that would be a bit weird. We go through all these years of films watching the good guys get all these Infinity Stones, and then there'll just be uh, an opening 20-minute credits of, of uh, a later film where they all just mysteriously go missing by these agents. And you'll think, well, if it was that easy, why were we having all this trouble getting them in the first place? Yeah, it depends how they do it. Uh, I'm not going to say it's definitely bad. It's just that it's one of those things that make me think... How on earth are they going to do this? There's this yeah. massive build-up to this 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 climax that will be three phases of films that have lasted over a decade. And if the ending is just a well, it was all right. I mean, that's just a, you know, that's just a nothing. It, it's got to be yeah. the biggest, most amazing film we have ever seen. But I've, I have no idea how they're going to do it. I'm sure the um, I'm sure the Russos are. are... Having trouble with that at the, as we speak, because right. they're responsible for coming up with this stuff. Well, their screenwriters are anyway. Wait, are they supposed to be? Wait, this is going to be really dumb. Okay, so I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> are these movies supposed to be working towards something? Yeah, they're building towards uh, Thanos getting a hold of all the Infinity Stones and wielding them in some way. What? <laughs> How? What have I been watching? What have I been watching? <laughs> I've just been... I don't... What? I'm so... Remember like, those shared universes we talked about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I... I don't know. I keep just watching them because they keep coming out. And I keep on thinking, oh, that was fun. Well, the, the Infinity Stones are... Um, the, the Eye of Agamotto is the latest one we've seen. There was that one in Guardians. There was the one that was apparently in Loki's scepter the entire time. There is the ether from Thor. So, I mean, is that four? Is it four or five, I've said? I don't know, four? I don't yeah. know, you've got Loki's scepter, you've got the ether, you've got the Guardians. Have you got the Guardians, though? Yeah, the, the Guardians one. The Eye right. of Agamotto. That's so, yeah, there's, oh, there's, one, there's one, one so, on the count more, I think. So, right, so there's all these movies, and they're all collecting Infinity Stones. Has anyone got two? No, or do they all, all just have to have one each. They're all in different places because it's too dangerous to have them together. Right. Okay. Except most Wait, of them are on Earth for some reason. Are we? Are we actually just watching like a huge version of the Fifth Element? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. When if they don't do it right and it comes to the end, then we all just go, "Oh yeah." And that's oh yeah, all we it's get. gonna. Yeah, it's gonna have to be. So does everyone know that all of these movies? They found all the Infinity Stones, and that's the point of the movie. Well, they've been running threads through ever since the first Avengers, really. Was that if you don't know the background of the comics, or if you haven't gone on to Wikipedia after the films and looked at this, you won't know all of these stones are linked. I don't. I don't think that's common knowledge from the film I didn't itself. Even you... know that they were after stones. I just thought they were doing battles with each other. Well, no, no, that's the thing. Nobody is after the stones yet. We just know oh. if you've been on in, if you've been on if you've been and searched on the internet or or researched Thanos or something because you've actively gone and looked, then you yeah. will find this hidden in the background. But if you're not looking, it's not explicit in any of the films. 
and arguably Why you're better off not point? knowing. Because well, really Avengers it. two, um, Avengers two gives you the a big clue about the the Infinity Stones as things, and so does Guardians. There's a bit of a yeah. exposition moment on the the Infinity Stones existing, uh, according to the internet. So we've had we've had the Space Stone, which is the um, the cube from Avengers, Ether, uh-huh. the Reality Stone, which is the the Ether from Thor two, uh, the Power Stone, which is the Orb from Guardians. Loki's scepter slash Vision's stone in his head is the mind stone. Doctor Strange gives you the time stone, so we're missing the soul stone. What about that stone from... Do you think we'll find out that the Transformers is actually part of the Marvel <laughs> Universe? Because <laughs> they've got a stone the best shared too, universe ever. <laughs> well, uh, Transformers were printed by Marvel Comics at one point, and I have read right. a comic where Spider-Man fights Transformers. Oh! And you didn't mention this in the shared universes. <laughs> it's kind hell? of supposed to be non-canon, but um, what's canon anyway? But no, let's Look, not get into it's that again. It's happened now, so you uh-huh. can't take it back. No <laughs> yeah, he webs up Megatron, and uh, Megatron has trouble breaking his webbing. I knew Spider-Man would be featured in this. <laughs> Yeah. Right. I was actually kind of expecting to see him swing across the New York skyline or something like that, but they didn't go that way. So, God. been very overt. Yeah. But yeah, well, the story, maybe, to bring us back on topic. Um, the story, it largely works, do we think? Does everybody agree? Or are there, what, what are the problems with it? Um, let me think about that for a second. For me, it's the kind of origin story trappings and just how kind of predictable it all is throughout, even though Cumberbatch manages to sell it. And I think every origin story film has that problem where they go from being really unskilled to very skilled without any kind of... Um, Montage. A- anything in between to indicate that they went from one to the other. So it's just between scenes, oh. it's just suddenly amazing. He got a beard. That's how you know things happened. <laughs> he had a beard. And Magic like, beard. Magic and, tape. And changing... changing um, Outfits at the temple because you see them both in, like the base color, and then you see him get like a different color one. So you're like, "Oh, some time has passed. He's smartening because he's going to like the next level." Oh, look, he's um, had a shower and changed his clothes. That means it's at least. Oh a yeah, is his butt in it, <laughs> or is that something else? That could be something else. Yeah. Was his butt in it? I don't think so. I'm definitely thinking of something. Else. It's strange. But maybe you're thinking of the extended Batman v Superman, where you get um, where you get some Asfleck in there. What? I haven't seen that. <laughs> no, I don't think. I think. I think I'm confused because I saw a film a couple of days ago, and that's got a butt in it. <laughs> that's what it is. What this film doesn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought, any, any problems? I thought, the, I thought the baddie was quite boring. Yeah. Oh uh, my god, you're just like as cool. usual. <laughs> yeah, which is the same, I suppose, as every kind of origin. Until they're teaming up against some big bad, there's always got to be some kind of fall guy that just is there for the first film. Wait a minute, are you talking about the the bad guy that he goes and like messes with in that he just keeps on turning up? Or are you talking about the bad guy? I'm talking about that other guy. <gasps> I like him. Mad Michaelson. Michaelson, how do you pronounce his name? Lechifre. How'd you say his name? Lashif. What's his name? Lashif. <laughs> I quite like him. He's quite attractive. I think he, yeah. he was just—he was just kind of there to 
to I guess offer an alternative viewpoint on stuff and, and fight him as well. He doesn't yeah. offer an alternative viewpoint though, isn't it? That's the problem. He he just turns up and says this thing is wrong, and that's his entire character. Yeah. And it he's he's a religious zealot, even yeah. though he doesn't worship. He still falls into that category of religious zealot for again reasons other than he just is. Yeah, so, yeah, he's he's a punching bag who's got some powers, and that's, yeah, that's, I thought, that's um, it. And I thought that scene where he was trying to tempt Strange into following his way of thinking was a bit... I could see what they were going for, but it was a bit hammy, but um, mm-hmm. I quite liked that, that Strange yeah. was like, um, I just killed a guy, and I don't like that. And, uh, yeah. and yeah. it's like, but you do this all the time, that's not right. It's kind of the yeah. whole... I'm a surgeon. I save lives. I don't take them, and I, I did like that. And yeah, I think they could a bit more of that. that bad yeah. guy. But then I think the fact that I can't remember what his name was is kind of an indication of <laughs> he was a non-entity. Is it yeah. no name? No name. A guy with black eye makeup. Oh, hey, I'm drawing a blank on his name as well. Caecilius. The. The problem with him was when he tries to tempt somebody in, there's no temptation. I don't think there was any point in the film where I honestly thought Stephen Strange would go, I think you're right, or or, or consider another viewpoint. Everything is fixed all the way through. We know he's bad. He only hangs out with two people. (laughs) Who have got blacked faces with these veins of destruction building across them so we know they're evil. I quite like that, where it's like, how can you know? How can this be right? Look at your face. Yeah. <laughs> that was his entire justification. That was it. Yeah, and I'm within the film, that works because that's yeah. all they are. They are just painted faces of evil. Yeah, yeah. Guys, standard henchmen. Now you've just reminded me of what the film, what the films that it made me think of were, and I know I did this with like aliens, I think, but. Do you know what I think it was like Inception meets Kung Fu Panda? <laughs> no, Kung Fu Panda was much more spiritual. I <laughs> love I love Kung Fu Panda, but I'm just saying you've got the That the should bad... be on the DVD cover. It's Inception meets Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> but it is. Kung Fu Panda, it's like, you know, the bad guy who like defects from the temple where they're supposed to gain knowledge and decides to like he distrusts the master and he goes away and he wants to know what the secret ingredient is. The truth is, there is no secret ingredient. But if you look at Kung Fu Panda, if you look at Kung Fu Panda and you look at the bad guy, you look at the master Shifu, you look at the trainer, you look at the fact that Kung Fu Panda comes in and learns really, really quickly, and um, and then the defective one comes in and tries to like get the other guy away, and then doesn't win. That is it. Doctor Strange. I hate to say it, but she. It's Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> I don't. I don't feel like I want to undermine your your, your praise of Kung Fu Panda. But do you think it's maybe that it was Hong Kong film, you know, Kung Fu films from a long time ago, and they're all just using the same plot? No. I hate to say it, but he's got a point. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I found Honestly, interesting was... Watch um, Kung Fu Panda and then watch Doctor Strange. I've, I've, seen a lot of, um, I've seen a lot of films featuring magic where people are fighting using magic and it's, you know, guy uses spell, but then guy's, guy seems defeated and then uses a counter spell that he 
just remembered he had. And there wasn't really that much of it in this, which I quite liked. Because I was, I was expecting that, you know, that I can one-up your spell until someone wins kind of thing. I was sort of expecting a Harry Potter Voldemort bit at the end yeah. where they both point a light at each other and it's whoever's got the biggest light wins. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I yeah. love moments like that. There's also like the, I don't know if anybody's <laughs> no, seen you don't. it. But... <laughs> I don't, I don't. <laughs> I've also, um, it also reminded me a bit of the Sorcerer's Apprentice, if anybody's seen that. Nope. Age film. But I love him. Oh. Yeah, there was quite a bit of... That was a magic thing, but it was it was a good film actually. But they they fell into the trap of I you know I'll use a spell. Well, I have a spell that counters that. Well, I have a spell that counters that, and it just keeps going until you know. Funnily enough, they have a mirror world in that one too. I think most places do. (laughs) Yeah, Mm. the the villain the villain kind of sucked, but uh, the other characters I thought were really good. Uh, Wong for what he was. What he was featured was quite good, as in the whole I don't laugh, and then it pays off by him laughing. Yeah, that was so cute. Although I didn't find what he was laughing at all that funny myself, so I'm not sure. But that, that was, was the joke. Point. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was one, one of the only ones that stood out from, uh-huh. the, from the supporting cast. Because he kept re- referring to these one one name people, Madonna and... <laughs> so, I don't know, I think he just... You know, he had a bit of development, and he's mm-hmm. like one of the only ones that I could maybe go back and remember anything about when I think about it. He could, yeah, be, he really he could have easily been a racial stereotype as well. Mm. Yeah, it was and a bit one trick, though, wasn't he? In in terms of he didn't laugh at anything, and he 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 did a couple of surprising things, but he he just they just made that point rather well with him. I thought yeah. he had a particular purpose in that film. I don't think the joke would work again, but no. I don't really remember the joke, but I just remember how you liked him. Yeah. Although there's one thing that stuck out to me. It's when a strange was using portals to steal the the books from behind him. I feel Mm -hmm. like Wong would have noticed. Or you'd think that Wong would be aware that that could happen, but perhaps it's just I mean, he grasses him up later, but um, I think I thought about this, because you're watching it and you think he should be aware of that being a possibility, but it might just be that Doctor Strange is so far advanced by that point that he can do these things. And also, it also blatantly shows his lack of respect for the order of things, which everyone else seems to have. So yeah. maybe it's just not, maybe it's just not something that happens there and he's the person breaking um, all of those rules and boundaries. Or just so. because story reasons. <laughs> well, story. You beat me well, to the joke there, actually. I was going to say, I agree with Natalie, that he is so powerful as a wizard now that he can even tap into the powers of Metaplot, but you got there first. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, bow down to that. far more eloquently. Yeah, it's too late. It's too late. You've got to go first. You have to go first. <laughs> yeah. Craig will work some strange <laughs> magic. Oh. 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 Probably won't. I'm not advanced <laughs> enough. Doing. Just leave I it in. Just leave it in I haven't got command of time and space quite yet. <laughs> yeah, they talk about um, the ancient one because I really like her. Yes, um, the ancient one is the a character that got a lot of press before the film even came out because really? he's supposed to. It's supposed to be a, a Tibetan guru type character. Uh, obviously, they changed it to uh, Tilda Swinton for this film, and um, a lot of people were up in arms about it. What do you mean it's supposed to be a Tibetan guru and suddenly that can't be Tilda Swindon? Well, no, I mean, I, I'm not saying it can't be. I, I actually approve of the casting, but the 
Uh, in the comics, he was this kind of oriental stereotype sort of thing. Uh, so I guess Marvel just wanted to get away from that, and then they didn't realise that there'd be backlash about that as well. Saving it Why all up for the Mandarin. Backlash? Like, <laughs> Tilda Swindon is so versatile and and has this incredible, like, androgyny about her that I think yep. she's great. Like, I, like, I, Gus disagrees with me, but I really, really like her and, and I really like her in roles like that. And she makes them work every time for me. Yeah. Like, the accusation was about whitewashing, really. that Because um, people get uppity about these sorts of things. And I can see why, but I kind of thought that, that doing gender-blind casting for a character like that was an interesting idea in, the, mm-hmm. in of itself. Because the character isn't really defined by race or gender as such. At least not as, as it was written. Uh-huh. It, it, because of the time it was written, it was pretty culturally insensitive anyway. But, you know, the, the ancient one could be anyone. Yeah. we've spoken about this before i think in other other film podcasts though in that it's one of those damned if you do and damned if you don't moves yeah. you know if they if they keep the original character then they'll offend anybody who wanted it to break racial stereotypes and if they don't keep the original character then the people who are purist for the comics will demand this travesty be taken off the screens there's no winning you've yeah. just got to decide who you can afford to piss off the least yeah almost. and then Hope that your material is strong enough to convert some people as well. I I don't see how her her um her being this Tibetan monk would have made it a bit like a a different story or a more interesting story. I don't think that where she comes from is necessary at all. No, although they mentioned she's Celtic, like, which fits with. Who she is, I suppose. And she's mm-hmm. not supposed to be like so old anyway. That's probably beyond any time when there were borders. Like, come on, yeah. or well, space. Oh. It's said. It's said in the film that she's Celtic, which I found quite interesting because she could be ancient and white, I guess. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with it. I thought she was no. kind of ethereal and otherworldly enough to kind of represent mm-hmm. everything that the character needed. Yeah, and she had that authority, which which was key, and she was able to, you know, match Cumberbatch, uh, performance wise. You know, the, it was clear that she was in charge whenever she was in the room. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I've just remembered another part of Kung Fu Panda, which totally <laughs> in this movie. Do you know, like when she touched? Was them, there an ancient one there as well? <laughs> there is an ancient one. It's Master oh. Shifu, and he dies. Hey, no, that's Ugwe. Oh, it's Ugwe. Master Ugwe dies. Sorry, I got it wrong. It's not my I don't need to watch this now. It's good. <laughs> Wait, what? Anyway, it's do you know how he's got like the pinky when he like touches like a shoulder and then he puts like the pinky down and it's like boom. Skadoosh. Skadoosh, that's it, right? Gus knows. Um there's like there's a bit where Tilda Swindon touches Cumberbatch and then he goes skadoosh. That's true. It's just pandas all over this thing. Indeed. Panda. Yeah. Seems that the writers were taking their inspiration from. Oh my god! Is there any way of like finding out if they actually worked on Kung Fu Panda? All right, good. <laughs> yeah. That, so, but anyway, the the ancient one. Yeah, she was. Um, she was interesting, and I and I like her approach to it, and because it would have been so easy for it to be this kind of wise guru, you know, like a Yoda type character, I suppose, just spouting these kind of cliches. But there, there was it was very practical the way that she described everything. Which I quite liked. Yeah, there's there's something I think lacking, even though I really enjoyed her character, 
um, and her portrayal of that character. But I think that there's something lacking that they kind of brushed over a lot of things. I would have liked to have seen more of, um, like, do you know when she's, they go to the balcony and he, like, leaves his body and he goes and finds her at the balcony yeah. and they're looking over and stuff. And she gives him a lot of information in this one this one bit. And I was kind of just, like, wishing that there'd been more moments during the movie where they'd had, like, more exchanges about this and stuff like that. But they kind of save it for this one bit and it's just like a, Bomb drop. Yeah, I thought her death scene was a bit kind of. It felt a little bit rushed, as in they need to yeah. get her out of the way now so that the film can end. Yeah. Presumably in the comics, the ancient one kind of hangs around for a bit as a mentor rather than just taking part in the origin story and then having a bit of, you know, be, being a bit dubious about their their motives and then uh, passing on. You know. Yeah, I don't think the ancient one dies right away and. In the comics, Mordo betrays the Ancient One because I think he thinks he's favouring Strange. And Strange goes to warn him, but he already knew about it. And then, oh yeah, that guy's not in it. He's like, well, I'm going to be bad now. Yep. Mm. Yeah. What about that guy? He's going to change the Wi-Fi code. <laughs> People in that place won't be able to get their Wi-Fi. That is brutal. <laughs> Doctor Strange yeah. needs to send an email but he can't because the Wi-Fi password's been changed. And That's going to be like episode 5. <laughs> um, no, yeah, talking about it being rushed, I, d- I, think it was, I think quite a few parts of it felt quite rushed. Yeah, I, d- I didn't necessarily uh, like the, the way the Ancient One was kind of crossed off because it, it did feel a bit quick. And I guess it, it when that life threat, well, that mortal injury was dealt to her, it felt like she could have easily handled that. You know, it should never really have got to that that stage. It's just the problem with having a kind of all powerful, uh, you know, master type character, yeah. something that has to has to die for the purpose of the story, but then something has to something has something to, has to kill them. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, yeah, it was. Because it was just basically, she was standing in front of this the frozen thunderstorm and was like, well, this is uh, where I die now because I've never seen further in the future than this. So, uh, see you later. But that, that you know, okay, that's right. fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the results of the Kung Fu Panda search are now in if you want them. What? Oh, for like... Thing. I can confirm that the main writing credits show that they are totally different writers. <laughs> no! <laughs> However, at one point, two of the writers of Kung Fu Panda were tipped to be on the strange uh, writing list. And the internet is, in fact, abuzz with comparisons between Kung Fu Panda and Stephen Strange. Yes! So it's, it's a thing that you saw. Here was you thinking you had to, you, you, you had uh, beaten the pack. Yeah. I'm just saying, right? If you have any doubts in the future, Craig, when we when I'm making my film comparisons, to know that I was right on this occasion. <laughs> this is going to be a touchstone, the Kung Fu Panda moment. On this occasion. <laughs> oh, brilliant! No, I, I'm I'm sure you'll have valid comparisons in the future. <laughs> I do, I do. Uh, yeah. So, anything else on the ancient one, Aaron? What did you think of her? I uh, I I did like her. I think we've we've probably covered. 
everything about her though that we're going to i think yeah. that so should we move on to War- mordo who even yes. is mordo i can't do you know i know he's the bad one now but i don't actually remember much else well he's not really the bad one though for most of the film he, he he's mm. he, he yeah. really becomes the bad guy at the end but yeah, he, re- very, he yeah. represents the um he represents the perfect student yes i guess you know he's everything that's that strange is expected to be um, yeah. I, I like that character in there and I think I do like to see some of the ideology put in there especially as strange she's going to ignore all of it I think he does actually at least represent good reasons to to follow this path especially because you know that the ancient one is dogged by this suggestion that she is corrupt yeah. it's nice to see well, someone that does believe the ancient one does tell strange you'll need Mordo to keep you right Aye. Uh, but he'll need you to be reckless or something. I don't know. Something yeah, like that. That was like so strange. Like, oh. oh. No, but oh. Like, was, I didn't do that perfectly. I'm sorry. <laughs> I should do yeah, a no. counter at some point. You know, just yeah, a little ding whenever uh, someone says, <laughs> <I read> right. <laughs> It is weird because, again, with the pacing of the movie, like with his character. I felt like there really there wasn't really a character. I feel bad because I feel like I want to like him or I like mm. things about him, but then you know he's kind of the he's the goody two shoes to begin with because he knows everything about the the temple and the powers and things, and he's kind of teaching strange. Yeah. And then he just kind of flips, yeah, flips yeah. out, and you're a bit like, oh. well, how did this happen, and why are you? Yeah. Even well, it's one same. Once he finds out the ancient one was drawing power from the dark dimension, he's uh, after that fight's over. He's like, well, "I'm done with this crap. I'll see you later." Well, the mm. thing of it is, I think if it, if we'd have been given more of him, that would mm. make sense to me because it's the idea that this person that you have trained under, that you've looked up to for potentially most of your life, suddenly turns out to be using something that they themselves have advocated against yeah. it's a total betrayal of everything you are so the the ideology of what the character should have been i think is quite strong but he's never sent a stage enough as you say to get this information yeah yeah, yeah the reverence kind of, wasn't really there i didn't think yeah, yeah. it's kind of by the end of the film i was like oh is the sequel going to be about him becoming a villain um well, i think which... that that bit in between the end of the film and his post credits probably would make a good film by itself you know where yeah. you see him properly fall and it, it's almost this tease of this really interesting thing that you could have seen yeah it actually reminds me of a weirdly green lantern in some ways uh, i haven't seen that it's probably not worth it but the the sort of structure is is pretty similar uh, although it's pretty similar to most things but then you've got this kind of yeah, you've got a character there who suddenly decides to be evil by the end without really seeing that that transition. Yeah, I guess they were planned to cover that in the sequel, which is hilarious when you think about it. But Doctor Strange will get a sequel, so um, so you'll get to see that transition, and maybe they will fill in the gaps between the two. Wait, well, it'd be good to see. Yeah. So... He, he was a good character, though. I like that. You know, he was able to he was able to prop up the action scenes quite well, and the actor playing him is excellent. 
So seeing him play against uh, Cumberbatch and Tilda Swinton is, you know, it's it's always good. I wish there was just more scenes of that. Yeah, I think there should be more dialogue between him and and Cumberbatch and him and the the ancient one and things like that. Yeah, I don't think he was given enough space. So I don't really care that he's become this other person because yeah, there's nothing to care about. Mm. Although he was he was better served than uh, Rachel McAdams' character Christine. She was your standard superhero film love interest character, which is a complete waste of her talents. I think. Yeah, right, she was just an extension of Strange. Yeah, that's all she yeah. was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just showed up when she needed to. Yeah. And, well, they didn't really play up the, the love interest angle too much, but she only kind of, yeah, she just turned up for a scene here and there, and you know, she was only ever there to prop up whatever he was doing. Well, they had quite a brutal wee breakup when he's like, get out my sight, and she's like, right, that's fine. Never, ever, ever getting back together. Good to see that they're developing female characters in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it seems that uh, some old habits die hard, eh? Mm-hmm. She could have been an interesting character um, if they'd maybe given her her own little story to go on with. As well, well it's not called it's not called Christine and Doctor Strange. <laughs> it's called Doctor Strange. I think that's the, that's the problem with those types of characters, though. If you're going to have them, and they they only have to fulfil their purpose, and then by that, they're always just going to be this kind of non-entity yeah. that sort of just floats in and out whenever they need to, and. It, I don't know, if you give them their own token storyline, then that just detracts from the main story. I don't think it's necessary. I think she's there. It could have been any person who played her. um, And and she's just part of the story. She's not the story, though. Could have been a random guy doctor that he knew that was helping him with... Well, I know... Are we being too sensitive about that, though? Because they developed a good female character in the ancient one. So is there any reason why there shouldn't be secondary characters who don't really do much who are female? Surely that's fine. There could be male characters that are also not necessarily important either. It's just weird that they got somebody as big as Rachel McAdams to play such a nothing need. I think if there just wasn't a pattern of people like Natalie Portman showing up in these films and having just so little to do, just kind of stand around being Natalie Portman or Rachel McAdams. Or Gwyneth Paltrow. Or Paltrow. Well, she had plenty to do in all three Iron Man films. A whole more, I think, in the later one than than whatever. I don't know. She she had more of a connection to Stark than, than Christine has to Strange. Yeah. Uh, so you know she works as a, a, a character in her own right, whereas Christine's a collection of needs for plot sort of stuff. What do you mean she's a collection of needs for the plot? As in, they need a scene where they explain this, so she does that. They need to establish that they had a prior relationship. You know, the um, she's needed to operate on him while he's a ghost, things like that. Uh, well, but, I and think it's, as you said, it could have been anyone doing that stuff. No, I think it's kind of interesting that it was like her, like that it's somebody who's had a con- connection to the the character. But I don't think we should read too much into her. No, oh, she might not be back. Who knows? Yeah. So 
I think that's it for characters, isn't it? I don't think there's anyone else who's really all that significant. No, but even half of the significant ones weren't even that significant. So, So, how were the action sequences? Uh, I thought they were incredibly creative. You know, people have said it's like Inception on steroids, and I can see that because you've got all this kind of folding stuff. The Mirror Universe stuff was brilliant, Mm. Uh, especially when I saw it in IMAX, as was mentioned earlier. I thought it was just visually incredible. It was just, you know, it just completely blew my mind, which (laughs) which was designed to do. It's still there, I think. Yeah, but I mean, when it comes down to it, <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to say it that much. <laughs> yeah, when it comes down to it, I'm to better. leave the house or anything. <laughs> well, have you seen the weather? <laughs> <laughs> Even them, yeah, yeah and the the ghost fights. There was more than one. Were were pretty good as well. That was you know, yeah, where they were just making. Yeah, where they were making little uh, little effects on the world around them just by like moving lights about or something. It was quite good because it was this kind of brutal hand-to-hand battle, but it was having almost no effect on the environment. It was great. I, I liked that, like the the scene that Rachel McAdams is actually in, where he's on the table and then like the little side table like moves or the lamp moves. But yeah. I thought it was interesting that he's able to make like connection with her from that spiritual dimension, and he's actually able to like bust out of that spiritual realm to talk to her. Because I was like, are they supposed to be able to do that? I don't think so. Well, I mean, he can read books and stuff, so he can, you know, affect the, the physical world. I think yeah. those ones actually were the, the weakest ones in my mind. I'm not saying they weren't well done, but I think there's this this pattern that I've seen before where people go into another realm that's supposed to be non-physical and then blatantly have a physical battle you know you get punched in the stomach and you respond Mm. as if you've been punched in the stomach but you don't have a stomach i want these things to be quite different in my mind there should be some other vulnerable areas there should be other things that are going on it it may it it makes for good little jokes where he suddenly appears with his head and says go and save my life or don't stab me with that and it's good for that but i don't think it was anything anywhere near as creative as as you said the other things were that you saw in IMAX, the world, literally world-bending mm. uh, scenes that they they had, they, they were much better. I think the spiritual stuff, uh, although it might have been reasonably entertaining, was, was just nowhere near as creative. I think if they'd overplayed the, the astral plane action stuff, it would have been a bit rubbish. But I thought it was a nice break from what we'd seen in, you know, previously in the film um, when it came, because... Just before that, you had the whole, um, I guess, the whole slapstick fight, you know, that involved the um, the, the cloak, the, the cloak of levitation and things like that. Oh, that was really cute. I like yeah, that, that was brilliant. That was creative. Yeah. That was. Yeah, that reminded was me better. of the uh, reminded me of the magic carpet from Aladdin. Yeah, with a really similar does. personality. It really uh, does. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I think that the carpet is quite a comic character in the sense that it, it's just it's almost there to make laughs. The they make the, the point that the cloak is actually smarter than strange in this sense it's like you need this thing over here i'm going to get it for you whether you like it or not it's 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 a battle of wills and that it's it's almost as arrogant as he is and you think oh that makes sense why what you know who else is this arrogant cloak going to pick somebody that it can have an ego battle with and where and it just wraps itself around the face of the bad guy and keeps 
Keep slamming them against the floor. Which yeah, I really that's the magic that carpet, bit. Yeah. It was really cute. I thought, yeah. um, I thought that that was quite a nice scene, especially after how horrible the violence is at the start of the movie to have this sort of bit that didn't feel so... It's quite jokey and it's quite light-hearted and, and, um, and it felt... Yeah, it was nicer to watch that. Yeah, the, the Mirror yeah, the World... Allowed to watch. Yeah, the Mirror World stuff was, was incredible, though, and it was. Uh, I, I like to joke when they went into the mirror world. It's like they're, they're actually stronger in here. So nice job. And then they spend the rest of the fight trying to get out of it. I liked all the. I liked all that stuff with the cities folding in on themselves and things. Um, and obviously, it was kind of really visually amazing and impressive. Yeah. Um, I just wish that some of it had been, you know, it may be in slow motion, or you could mm. kind of so you could tell what was happening because I know that a lot of clever stuff was happening and the way that the world was being manipulated was obviously uh, to take advantage of different shapes and different kind of dimensions yeah. and different um, people moving upwards and downwards and back and forward and stuff and getting crushed by different things. But it because like it, it was drawing quite, or something, wasn't it? I found some of it so overwhelming because there's so much kind of information in front of you that I would quite like to have seen how they were bending stuff and how they were manipulating it so that, you know, you could really see what the what the effect of all these different movements was yeah the first viewing i felt like that because i saw it in 2d at first but when i saw it in imax i found that everything jumped out at me detail wise Mm. so i didn't i didn't find it as overwhelming when i saw it in imax maybe that was because it was the second viewing but definitely just because there's just so much more surface in front of you where you can right where you can see all this stuff i think um yeah it was those that's a sequence definitely built for imax absolutely yeah, it's a good point. It might work better if you can see it a bit more like that because it does just feel as if you're, just, you know, to me it could have been the, the title sequence for Casino Royale or something, the way that all, <laughs> this, all these shapes and things were just kind of sliding around in front of you. Yeah, and I, and I like how it kept showing you how they weren't affecting the, the real world as well. They were just going about their business, but all this crazy stuff was just happening. Yeah, you know. I like that aspect as well. Yeah. It kind of shows you how. Why haven't we seen magic before? Which is good. Have we really not seen magic before? Well, arguably with Thor, his hammer is clearly magical. You never, you know, they might have been going on in the mirror universe that we just haven't seen yeah. this whole time. Stuff's been going on in the background. Yeah, people have been unable to perceive it, and they mention that there's kind of two planes of existence: You've yeah. got the, the magical realm and the um, and the non-magical realm. And, you know, they, they don't interact until now, I suppose. Um, I've just had another thought. So, do you know how he loses... Do you know how they've got to wear that ring? To be able the sling to, like, ring, yeah. He's like, magic. Uh, that's just for portals, I think. Okay. Yeah. It made me think of um, Narnia. Is it not like the magician's nephew or something that they have like a ring that takes them to like different places are you essentially trying to say that dr strange was the biggest plagiarism you've ever seen in your life no it's just clearly influenced by many things oh i see right well i mean those things were influenced by many things as well so yeah yeah i guess where do you know how far back do you take it but uh, but there's all sorts of these you need to wear this piece of jewelry to to do this thing you know that's it's quite common and especially fantasy stuff. Yeah, no, I was only saying that was just another thing that yeah. I'd, I'd thought of 
when watching it that it made me think of um, it yeah. made me think of Narnia. I like that the sling ring, you know, they just had to call it that because of because that's what it's called in the comics and there was just <laughs> no getting yeah, what is no it? getting what away from this mean? sort of very retro sounding um accoutrement. What does sling mean? Sling ring. I presume it was just a kind of name that they thought sounded of some sort. Mm. Kind of, you know, it sounded magical or you know, back when he when the character was first developed, it was a sort mm. of one aspect of him, but you know, you have to write it into a Doctor Strange film, but it just sounds <laughs> funny now. Yeah, in terms of the, I mean, the action was pretty creative throughout, and I thought the last, the end battle was really impressive. Uh, not because, not in a visual sense, it was kind of the citywide destruction is something we've seen so many times, but the fact it was reversed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. you know, so you saw this kind of the city blowing up in reverse while um, while they were fighting. And you know he was knocking them into walls that were being rebuilt and things like that. That was really cool. Yeah, like when that guy gets like put behind a wall and then that's like built up. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was really cool. Yeah. I really liked it because I was anticipating the standard end battle, end punch up, where everyone just chucks each other around and you know everyone's just throwing objects and punches left and right, and then obviously yes. it kind of completely subverts that and as you say does it backwards and then. Yeah. In the end, he uses his wits to out to uh, uh, beat the the big bad. Yeah, really that was probably that. better. The, the the wits, the the outwitting of the guy, I think, because the 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 reversal of time thing is it's good, but it's still a bit of a a gimmick. Whereas the the outwitting the bad guy is is quite different from the other films, which is all about a, a battle, you know. This mm-hmm. guy is clearly clever because at the end he wins by something he's thought up. Yeah. Also, if he'd managed to, you know, after a couple of weeks of training or however long he spent, if he's able to go to the dark dimension and beat Dormammu in his own turf, then I'd have been like, well, there's no way he learned how to do that. Mm. You know, that was... Dormammu, that's the guy's yeah. name. Yeah, but yeah. It was really impressive because, you know, they they did seed it throughout because they kept mentioning the whole, um, don't mess with time, you know, uh, Dormammu's beyond time, the dark dimension doesn't know time, and then eventually it clicks with him, uh, it clicks with Strange at that point when he goes in and he sticks him in a time loop because um, he won't be prepared for that because he doesn't know what time is, which is really interesting. I think that when you put it like that, it sounds really good, but... <laughs> I think that when I was watching it, I thought it was a bit almost lazy. I enjoy that that is like possible, but is this like Dormammu not big enough to avoid one person? Well, I mean, he's not defeated. He's just kind of, yeah, yeah strange says i'm just going to stick you in this time loop for eternity so you won't be able to do anything what is like what is dormammu is he like energy he's a he's an unknowable celestial being so how can he be even confined by a by a time loop because he doesn't know what time is so if you don't know or can't perceive time how can you stuck in a time loop (laughs) (laughs) Take that, Scott Real. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, how how can he? How can if he can't perceive it? How can he get? 
It's not, is it more that something that he has no experience of yeah. is something that he has no ability to fight? In, no in one's some, ever tried this before. Yeah. So in, in some in some really poor metaphorical way, is it the same as if you are given a virus that you've never encountered before in your entire life, you have no immune system to fight it? So it what? completely rules you. What? I want to say that time is a virus. To I, I said the metaphor wasn't great. I did acknowledge to say that. <laughs> start, but it, it's, it's the idea that if you encounter if you encounter something new for the first time, you have no idea how like to fight sloppy. it. Yeah, he like, doesn't know what to do with it. That, that's well, that's what it is. I mean, he can't get out of the time loop because he doesn't know what to do with it. And, but how? Yeah. What I'm saying is, yes, there's a time loop. Yes, he's in a time loop. How is it possible for a celestial being who is probably just like energy? How can that get contained by time? Well, where do we start with that? How does, a, how does a guy wearing a piece of jewellery manage to move himself from Mount Everest to... Uh, that's different. Tibet? That's magic. <laughs> <laughs> but this, right. is, this, is, this is physics. How, how, how is there they... a sentient magic cloak? But here we're falling into an unknowable dimension. Yeah. <laughs> the only rule set you've got to work on is the rule set that the film gives you. And in the rule set the film gives you, it's, it states that this guy is uh, in, incapable of dealing with with time because there is no time. So those those are the physics that you're given to start with. If you're going to try and introduce EMC squared and so on, then you no, have to say that's not in there. I'm just seeing, like, how is, how is, if, how is he and how does he have eyes well um, that will probably be just how strange perceives him more than anything as a purple dark blob yeah who looks like him because Cumberbatch got his face scanned to play Dormammu apparently wait it had a what smog I think I've, I think I've remembered what this blob looks like differently because I don't remember it looking anything like him. I just remember it having like really big, like strange animated eyes and a mouth and being a blob. Didn't have much of a nose. Yeah. <laughs> it was like but made it, up and stuff. But yeah, it's one of those. I mean, there's there's all these sorts of things in in fantasy where it's like you can't, your tiny human mind can't perceive it, but so it's conjured up this thing that it can understand i think it's a bit like that well it's, it is actually one of the problems of introducing a magic system into a world actually i think natalie's expressing the point that if you introduce magic anything is allowed and all of a sudden how do you get a satisfying end point when if anything is allowed surely anything can happen yeah. But that's that's why I, I, I try to explain it by saying, although anything is allowed in theory, I think the, the film does actually set up the rules that it has to abide by, as you say, throughout. And then at the end, it uses those rules. And as long as those rules are consistent, mm-hmm. you, I think you have defeated that problem of magic can be anything. Yeah. And they... But how can, how can energy be contained? Because that's In the rule set loop. they've set up throughout the film. That th- Those are the rules that they've established previously in the film. Therefore, that is true in this universe. For some yeah. reason, that's the bit that I have a problem with. <laughs> See, I, th- I really liked it because you sort of expect the big property-destroying finales at this point. 
and you do get that, but it is reversed, and no one really knows that it happens. But the the fact that it essentially ends with, you know, with a guy talking to a celestial being and uh, cutting a deal is is different. It appeals to the Star Trek fan in you. Yeah, it does. Uh, <laughs> it's also I just wasn't expecting it at all, and the fact that the resolution was actually quite simple. It was just I'll break this time loop if you bugger off and uh, take your useless one-dimensional disciples with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it. I, I liked it for the reasons you've stated there, because it's different and it, it doesn't have just mass destruction and all this kind of stuff. I liked that he was able to outwit him. Um, but it, I think it's just another one of these sort of problems where you've got a, a vastly sort of overpowered, unknowable enemy. And the guy who was just a great surgeon at the very beginning of the film somehow is able to deal with him by the end of it but that's what makes him Doctor He's Strange really the eye of Umamu 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 <laughs> Iranu yeah. Agamotto I think <laughs> yeah. yeah Umaga <laughs> um, yeah and it was I thought it was clever it also reminded me of how Mr. Fantastic dealt with Galactus in the comics uh, oh. basically gets a hold of a weapon that could kill him and says, I'm going to use this on you if you don't leave and agree not to eat Earth ever. And he does. Because Why he doesn't, doesn't he die. just kill him instead of just sending... <laughs> that's like a murderer coming to your house and then you going, well, I could kill you if you're going to kill me. But then saying, but instead of me eliminating the problem, I'm just going to let you go out and murder somebody else. And if the murderer was giant and space traversing. Yeah, like what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, I think the stranger one was better because he didn't have the ability to kill him. He had to do something else. That's probably better than the one in the comics for that reason. Yeah, well, it just reminded me of the whole Galactus thing, as in it's a similar resolution. Yeah. There's also potential that that sequence lasted forever. Yeah. Yeah, Groundhog Day. It took a long long time in the film. Not that long, but, you know, it might have actually gone on for millennia yes <laughs> yeah you just don't know you only see a few cuts does yep. that mean now that they've gone back to oh my gosh i know what the second one's going to be kung fu panda 2 no <laughs> what if the second movie now is that doctor strange spent, uh, although it might be like in um matthew mcconaughey's space movie what's that Interstellar. Yeah, it might be like that in that when you're away on a different planet, time moves differently, so you've only actually been away for like 20 seconds. But what if he has been up there talking to uh, that guy, Blob? Yeah. The Blob. (laughs) (laughs) For, For like a thousand years. And what if then he comes back to Earth and then the only civilization left is the one that he froze and everything else is destroyed that would pretty much end the uh, entire universe of films <laughs> <laughs> yeah if Marvel do that as a cop out because they can't think of a good final end for the third phase then I'm out I'm out now <laughs> I hope that you know that you heard it here first <laughs> yep. let's hope they don't do that why that would be amazing So I guess that brings us naturally on to the implications on the wider Marvel universe. I mean, what are they? There's magic now. 
uh, or we know about magic. Tony Stark might not know about magic, but we do. So How where does that leave us? Magic. I think they're going to have to have a, a some part, some film is going to have to continue that thing I was talking about of establishing the rules. What yeah. can magic do and what are its limitations? And when people start throwing technology at it, are they going to suddenly drop into, I defend that with an energy shield and it becomes that just pointing two lights at each other again, yeah. or are they going to do something really clever and say that magic and technology interact in this other way that you've not thought of yet? That, that's what I want, the second one. But Yeah, we'll, well it'll be, um, I think, Strange will next turn up in Infinity War, which means he will get to talk to Tony Stark, etc., who will probably be a bit baffled by the whole thing and be trying to science it out. It's sort of in a similar way, Strange did, but you'll have Strange... We're going to get that scene where there's hijinks. There'll oh, yes. hijinks. What Magic do related. You, what do you guys think that Hulk is, then? He's a, essentially a mutated human being. Yeah, but do you not think mutants are then magic? <laughs> no, because it's science that created the Hulk. Yeah, but science can also be magic. Two people that don't understand it, yes. Oh, my God. Wait, wait, what What universe are X-Men in? Uh, technically the Marvel Universe, but they're in their own film universe. Right, so they're technically in the Marvel Universe, right? Yep. So they're magic. Even though they're mutants, they have mm-hmm. magic. They have things that science cannot explain. Science can explain them, though. It's genes, it's genetics, oh, it's evolution. It's not, it can't just be genes, though. They can magic. Mm, no, mutant powers magic. are genetic. You can't no. You can't say that. You can't say it's all like just genes and stuff. What they do is magical. They do magic. There's only well, one I way think... to solve this. Craig is going to go have to go outside with science, and Natalie's going to have to go outside with magic. Last man standing. <laughs> <laughs> magic. <laughs> do I win? I think I, I think, win. I think the closest we've had to magic and. Uh, in these films so far, as, as I mentioned earlier, is Thor. Because uh, no. his hammer is enchanted. Loki knows good. some spells, no. you know, the, things like that. But I think if you had to, you could explain those things as advanced science. I know it would be well, a bit weak, yeah. but I think you could. You could say that Thor's hammer is is a, has got inside it a very advanced computer, a very advanced Jarvis, so it can it can understand... Uh, concepts given to it by Odin and it can translate them into a reality and it can affect that reality around it using gravitational fields and what have you. I think yeah. it's not supposed to and I think you could you could provide a counter to that but if you absolutely had to, stuff in Thor could be attributed to science. Can yeah, we well, stop can we stop killing magic with science? Please? No, it's something like if wielder is equal to worthy, then yes. Thor. <laughs> yeah, that's it. There you go. Whatever I could they... have keyed that on a ZX eighty one years ago. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the baseline for worthiness is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. greater than or equal to worthy. <laughs> stop killing magic. <laughs> magic exists, and it exists in the X Men, which are whether people want to admit it or not, or have it because of licensing laws, etc., etc. Thank you, Fox. Um, then I think you have to acknowledge that X-Men are magic, and X-Men exist in Marvel, and therefore Mar- like, magic already exists. Hulk, he's mutated. He's magic. 
forest magic. They're well, all... the thing is, they could actually go down this route as far as they want. Now they've opened the door to magic. At any point they want, they could turn around and go, uh, yeah, that was actually magic because this imp got into the system. He thought it was gamma rays, but it's really yeah. the imp. So <laughs> they could do any of those things if they wanted to. And that's what I, I really hope they don't go back and retroactively change everything. X-Men has specifically went down the gen- the genetics route though they, they talk about that in almost all the films doesn't matter if it's genetics what they do is magic the Loki Pokey stick was kind of magic uh-huh. yeah like all the stones what are these stones again ancient Ma- infinity stones. Stones. Magic stones infinity stones the infinity stones they're magic yeah yeah so yeah, magic I'd say they are well they're supposed to be yeah yeah, so magic has existed in all of them since they all are trying to have infinity stones or they're in them somewhere. Yeah. But I guess, well, the, certainly the idea is that magic isn't well known. Um, and this film does a good job of keeping it separate by having time reverse and, and battles take place in other realms and things like that. Yes, I'd agree with that. Keeping it simple, you said. Well, keeping it separate. Oh, separate. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Thank you. I have faith that the makers of these films are going to have find a solution for intertwining already existing hero powers with Doctor Strange's magic world of time bendy, city bendy magic. And I think that the most fun you have in the team up movies is how they interact, how all the heroes mm-hmm. interact with each other and how you see them either fight with each other or combine their powers to do all these even even greater things. So I think that's what I'm looking forward to is seeing how they manage to, you know, what Ant-Man manipulated by the mirror dimension is going to (laughs) do. Yes. That's a fair point, actually, a fair point. Yeah. I think the team-ups will be interesting. The the Stark Strange team-up will be be good to see because it will have these, um, these completely different sides of of, of what they do. I don't know that you'll, you'll necessarily get that thing from the comics that you're, that you seem to be aiming at actually, because the, the Iron Man that we've seen, although he uses science, I think he would actually turn around in, in a cheeky fashion to strange to go, oh, that's amazing. Show me how to do that. How can you do that? Can you use that to pick up girls? You know, I think it would be, <laughs> I don't think he would be shocked. Oh, magic is this thing that I don't understand. I don't think Downey Jr. has played that form of Iron Man. I think he'd be completely impressed. Well, I, think I, think he, be, I think he will try to understand it and that'll be interesting, but he'll try and apply uh, his version of, his understanding of science to it when it won't work. But he could just learn magic. He's, there's no reason why that character couldn't do what Stephen Strange yeah. did and stay up yeah. overnight, learn magic, and then all of a sudden you've got a magic-wielding Iron Man. <laughs> That's totally possible. Did they not suggest possible. that you have to have some kind of um, some kind of affinity for it in the first place? Well, if he he might be able to take the magic and break it down into things. Affinity stones. Affinity stones. <laughs> I think so. Maybe, maybe strange because the midichlorians and, and Tony Stark doesn't. Don't yeah. even. Because everybody what? loves some midichlorians. Don't what? even. Stop it. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a post-credit scene for our next podcast. I don't even know what you're saying to Google it. So <laughs> that's good. Keep it that way. It, it's better if you're innocent. I think. So. <laughs> oh, now I want to know. Stay yeah, away from the dark side. 
But what's I mean, what's Mediclorian? Do... <laughs> stay away, stay away. Wait, is it in a movie? Is it something that exists in real life? What is it? Is it a person? I'll tell. I'll give you the clue. It is in a movie. <laughs> oh, then I, then I, I probably don't care then. Good. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting to see who strange can actually team up with. Though I would, I would think um, Scarlet Witch would be definitely one uh, who can possibly match him. Because she the one whose brother Evan Peters died. <laughs> yes. Uh, wait, uh, isn't that an X Men? In a kind of mashup way, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Are we now having X Men involved? Can't call them X Men. No. <laughs> Can't call them mutants. No, they're enhanced. I'm gonna okay Google. What um, is a Medichlorian? According to Wikipedia, Wikia. to Anakin Skywalker. Midichlorians were intelligent microscopic life forms that lived symbiotically inside the cells of all living things. When present in sufficient numbers, they could allow their host to detect the pervasive energy field known as the Force. Right, so I'm going to have to read that again. <laughs> Literally dying inside. <laughs> oh, well, fair enough. Um, I don't know. Uh, who else would uh, you like to see Strange team up with? Anybody? Um, you know, nope, share a scene with a giraffe. <laughs> I want to see him discuss real estate with Hawkeye. <laughs> I want to see him meet the giraffe. That was a delayed reaction. <laughs> Gus is lying on the floor right now. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> wait, stop it. <laughs> anyway, um, I'd like to see him meet Kung Fu Panda. Uh, but they're the same person, they can't be in the same room together. Yeah, let's limit it to the, the Marvel films. Uh, I'd quite, right. I'd quite I like to see it. There was something that specific. <laughs> I think I'd quite like to see uh, on screen Strange <laughs> against Loki. If they're mm. offering that by the at that end of credit scene, then I would actually like to see it. Ooh, yeah, 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 it could happen. Gus is back in the room. <laughs> yeah, Strange <laughs> against Loki would be good. Uh, pairing up with Scarlet Witch is probably the main one for me because I think that. Well, her powers are could be magical. Usually. Wait, wait, isn't Scarlet Witch an X Men? Uh, no, she's in Avengers Two and Civil War. She's but, one of those people that's definitely not an X Men. But is she an X Men because wait a minute? She's she definitely wrong? not a mutant. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Who are the ones? Ah, oh, never mind. I got confused. I was thinking of Deadpool. That is okay. quite confused. Yeah. You know, um, Deadpool, when they get like the X Men, and he's like, "Oh, you must be the really cheap ones." Uh, yeah. I was thinking she was one of them. Although she was an X Man, or she was an X Men at one point right. as a villain to start with. If, so, so there <laughs> is like truth to why I was thinking then. Well, Marvel had a hold of her because she was an Avenger as well, so that's why they got to use her. Well, that is greedy. Well, they've used her quite well. So, but anyway, arguably her powers are magic, and therefore 
she so magic has already been introduced in the Avengers then. Maybe. I, Maybe. I knew you were going to get yourself into trouble, Craig, when you yeah. went down that route. I just was waiting for her to notice. <laughs> they haven't categorically confirmed it yet, but it's possible. They don't need to. Why does it need to be so confirmed? How about we watch it, there's magic, and we go, all right, there's magic. You don't have to say, that was magic. If we can just read it as, that was magic. Yeah, or just I like to categorise things. That's magic. Yeah. I'm foretelling <laughs> a discussion between Thor and Doctor Strange about what makes Thor's powers godly and what makes Doctor Strange's <laughs> powers not godly. Yeah. Well, that'd be interesting too. Yeah, that's what I want to see. And that's see Strange what... lift up the hammer. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we will see. Maybe not. Mjolnir. I don't think he can pick it up. Not me on here. No, but. <laughs> I think yeah, yeah, yeah. but I think <laughs> I think that they will there'll be some kind of you know they'll touch on that somehow about you know one of them's a god one of them's you know could be described as having godlike powers. You're sounding you're making it sound a bit like a, a, a some kind of sitcom where they have to share an apartment. One's a god and one has godlike powers <laughs> <laughs> and an unwieldable hammer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you'd have these. You'd have these gags where, you know, Thor wants to piss him off, so he puts his hammer on the toilet seat and things like that. <laughs> so it's funny, is that when you said that, I was like, I knew where you were going with it. <laughs> Could you imagine? That would be that would be quite funny. I don't want to see it, but, you know, it'd be quite funny. Mm. Yeah, Some, it's, well, it. we might get Doctor Strange in Thor 3. That, that seems like what the, um, or Thor Ragnarok, as it's called. That seems to be what the post-credit thing's hinting at. Mm. I love the word Ragnarok. Just saying. Cool. Thanks. It's magic. <laughs> it's magic. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So the <laughs> the implications. I sneaked it sne- because you beat me to it again. I was just wondering whether I should or should not say that, and you just jumped <laughs> in. You're you're more courageous with this than me, I think. What? What? <laughs> Go on. So I think the implications of the wider universe are quite limited at the moment, actually. Because he's well, we'll only see him interact with Thor so far. Um, the well, rest that will come make later. It I don't think it makes it limited. I think that well, as in open. magic hasn't become widely known at the public yet. Uh, whether it ever will or not is another story. But it still kind of remains a secret by the end of the film. So the the effect it has is minimal so far. What about all the people who got reversed killed? In Doctor Strange, they're all fine. Yeah, they just go about their their day but, afterwards. Do, does it say anything about what their memory is? It does not. No, but they seem to just get on with it afterwards, so they probably don't remember it. Or are they blocking it out of their heads? Because obviously it was too fantastical for them to. They comprehend. all just had strange <laughs> dreams that night. I'm sorry, <laughs> I used the word strange ding there, uh, <laughs> and thought nothing more of it. Yes. The end. Yeah. So I guess that's that's taken a random magical mystery tour around yes. this this film. Come through nice. Panda. Um, it is pretty much. Stuff. I'd rather watch Kung Fu Panda than Doctor Strange again, though. I think maybe. <laughs> Fair enough. I really like. I really like Kung Fu Panda. I haven't so. seen it. Maybe I will watch it one day. Craig, mm-hmm. what? You've never seen Kung Fu Panda? Homework. Nope. Homework. <laughs> Did you know that Kung Fu Panda is the film that I've seen like 
the most the most amount of times in the cinema. I knew that. Um, Did you? No. (laughs) (laughs) I saw it five times in the cinema. Um, Now we know. Yeah, that's an interesting fact for everyone. I don't even want to think about how many times I've seen the first Avengers film in the cinema. But let's remember that I don't normally see a film more than once in a cinema, except for Star Wars, where I saw that twice. Fair enough. And there's another post credit scene that hints at our potential next podcast. What, Star Wars? Yeah. When's the next one? Soon. Or maybe <laughs> already, depending on when you're listening to this. Yeah. Why? Wait, wait. Have we already, so- have well, we already pa- spoken about this? Through the power of podcasting, we can bend time and have <laughs> we spoken about this in the past. Does that make us magic? No, scientific. Damn it. It makes us masters of <laughs> editing. <laughs> or makes me a master of editing, or okay. fairly competent at editing, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I think we should wrap this up. Uh, final thoughts, Doctor Strange, good or bad? Aaron? I will say, I'll still say good, because I still really liked it. I just, on reflection, wanted to see more of the character stuff, but it wasn't billed as that. It was billed as a come and look at this amazing visual extravaganza. And I think it did what it needed to do because it had good comedy throughout to, to keep you going. And the, the characters, again, they did what they did what they needed to do. So it's it, uh, not the best film, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Angus? Doctor Strange. <laughs> Love it? No. Like it? Yes. I, Why are you speaking like that? <laughs> what is wrong with you? I, I said he no, was going to time travel with his words and ask us to put them together, actually, but he didn't do that. I It definitely exceeded my expectations. Um, there was a lot I liked about it. There were some, you know, there were the usual sort of formulaic issues, but then it sort of reversed that with the, with the um, battle of wits at the ending. Uh, maybe if I'd seen it in IMAX, I would have appreciated or been able to appreciate this sort of uh, visual majesty a bit more. But I still, I still really enjoyed those bits, those sequences. I thought they were very creative. Um, and so, yeah, in general, good thumbs up. And Natalie, without referring to Kung Fu Panda, what did you think? Um, uh, you can refer to magic as much as you want. <laughs> the more, the more I think about the movie, the more. I think I didn't enjoy it, which is really strange because I I did enjoy it when I saw it, like I said at the start. Um, I just, I think we have a tendency to overthink things. I'm just going to, I enjoyed it for what it was on the screen. I'm not going to think about it any more than that. Fair enough. Uh, I liked it. I think it was one of the stronger solo films. It stood on its own. Uh, It bodes well for the other weirder characters that are going to introduce in the future. So it shows that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has legs outside of the, the characters we've already seen. So, you know, let's look forward to Black Panther, Captain Marvel, etc. Since they prove, they've proven they can take a character that barely anybody's heard of and, and turn them into something that, that's watchable. Uh, Cumberbatch, I feel like, was a bit of a safe choice as, a, as an actor. I think they could have went with someone who was maybe a bit less well-known, but then maybe it wouldn't have made as much money. But. Yeah, um... Now that you've mentioned that, it did make me want to read the comic. Oh, well, it did its job. 
So I was a bit like, because I, because part of the thing, like part of the movie is a bit like, I don't really know what the hell's going on. So it made me want to. I think if you read the comic, the comic, you might feel the same. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> oh, well, I'll make, I might give it a go. Yeah, there are good stories. Just do the standard Google te- top 10 best Doctor Strange stories and then you'll get them. Top 10? What about top one? I don't know. I don't know. That'll be in the list. Be in there somewhere. Yeah, it'll be number one, probably. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, on that note, we should all retreat to our various sanctum sanctorums and end this. Oh, we didn't talk about that door. We didn't talk about that door that um, every time you opened it or turned that handle, it like became a different place. That was cool. Yeah, portal. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) On that note, um, adios. Well, thank you, all you wizards, for joining me. Thank you. It has been a magical evening of strange discussions. Oh, he said the word. (laughs) <laughs> so I bid thee good night everyone good night Craig thank you howdy bye bye cheerio goodbye so that was our discussion on Marvel's Doctor Strange thank you to all my guests and special thanks to Ends 1117 for providing music the final count how many times the word strange was said is a whopping 74 including the two in this course thank you all for listening And if you want to hear more, you can find us on iTunes, YouTube, or any major podcasting app. So we hope you'll join us on the next Neil Before Pod.